This is our fifth session on Philippians 2, 19-24, and we're going to focus today on verse 21. In fact, we're going to take two sessions on this verse, which you may think, whoa, that's overkill, but look, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy, that's what I plan to do, to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. Here's the reason he's sending Timothy. I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. So that four supports why Timothy. This four supports or explains what he means when he says, I have no one like him. Really, Paul? And then he says, because they all, so I have no one like him, because they all, everybody but Timothy, Seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So here are my three questions. One is, what are the interests of Jesus Christ? Second question, who are these all? So that Timothy's the only one who doesn't seek his own interests. And third question Is it always wrong to seek your own interests? What about seeking your own salvation? Food to eat and drink, marriage. So how are we to understand the contrast between don't seek your own interests, seek those of Jesus Christ? And that's what will require an entire session to itself. So, Father, as we focus now on verse 21 here, grant, I pray, that we would grasp as much as we're able in our fallen, finite, limited condition, what Paul is saying here, so that we can not seek our own interests, but those of Jesus Christ, and be like Timothy, not these others. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. They all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Now, this should ring a bell, not they seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, sounds like one of the main points of the book, back here in 2, 2, 3, and 4, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Now here it comes. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, which is what that group is failing to do in verse 21 of chapter 2, not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Now, that's what we would expect Paul to illustrate in the life of Timothy. Don't seek your own interests only. Seek the interests of others. But look what he says. They all seek their own interests, and you expect him to say, not those of others. Right? But instead, he replaces, they seek their own interests, not those of others. He replaces it with those of Jesus Christ, the interests of Jesus Christ. Why does he do that? Or what are the interests of Jesus Christ? So let's just do a little backpedaling here to chapter 1, verse 8. God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affections of Christ Jesus. So my yearning for you is an expression of Christ's affection for you. So one answer to the question is, what are the interests of Jesus Christ? Well, the Philippians. The Philippians are the interests 
of Jesus Christ. He, Christ has an affection for these Philippians. He's after their eternal good. Or look at the prayer here in chapter 1, verses 9. And he gets to the end and he says, I want, I'm praying that you all be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. So what is Jesus Christ interested in? What's he doing in the church? He is producing fruit of righteousness that prepares them to be found pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So Christ is at work, or as we saw back in chapter 1, verse 6, I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is God the Father doing this work, but now, but now we've seen, oh yes, Christ with his affection and his death and his resurrection, his spirit is at work doing this good work in us in such a way that he completes it on the day when he meets them. So I would sum up and say the things of Jesus Christ, the interests of Jesus Christ that they are not seeking is the good of the church, the eternal joy of the Philippians. I'd sum it up like this. What, what should we be living for when we take interest in others? We, we live for what Christ died for. So Christ died for the everlasting good of the Philippians. And we should live, they should live for the everlasting good of the Philippians. So the interests of others... Don't just look out for your own interests, but for the interests of others are the very things that Jesus died to achieve, namely our preservation, our righteousness, our faith, our eternal joy, and those are therefore the things of Jesus Christ. That's my answer to the first question. And you could say the interests of others or you could say the interests of Jesus Christ because the eternal good of others is what Jesus died to provide. Last question. Who are these folks? They all, that's what's so striking here, not some, but they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. And, and that is an explanation for how he has no one like Timothy. I have no one like Timothy because they all seek their own interests. Well, that's, that's incredible <laughs> to, to, to say that because we know that he doesn't mean Epaphroditus who's with him. At least it seems like he is in chapter 2, 29. He says, so receive Epaphroditus. When I send him, I'm going to send him says that in 2.25, I'm going to send Epaphroditus and receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. He's not selfish. He, he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. So surely when he says they all seek their own interests, not those, he doesn't, he does not mean Epaphroditus. No, no, no. And he doesn't mean when he gets to the end of the book and he says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus, the brothers who are with me greet you? Would he, would he just 
wash over that awful indictment of selfishness as though it, he hadn't said it? No, these, surely these folks are not included in that indictment, are they? Or, getting closer to the heart of the matter, maybe, remember back in chapter 1, most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak without fear some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter, these folks, the latter do it out of love. Love. Surely they're not included in those who seek their own interests, not those of Jesus, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, that sure sounds like them. Not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me. So, what's the answer to the question? They all seek their own interests. Frankly, I'm not sure. This seems so sweeping, and yet we know it's not Epaphroditus. It's not all the, the brothers. It's not those who are, are boldly loving Paul by preaching the gospel. So, what does this all mean? And I would just say it all hangs on it all hangs on this right here. I have present tense right now no one like him who will be genuinely concerned because they all among those he has are selfish and only Timothy is worthy to send. And I just don't know what that means right there. I don't know what limited group he includes, like right now at my disposal to send or uh, on the inner circle or I don't know. But whatever that is, that explains how this all can be true. And maybe further reflection will reveal it to us. But right now, what we can see is Timothy is in a class by himself. I have no one like him. Because they all are so selfish and not seeking the things of Jesus. And yet I have in another group, Epaphroditus and those who are loving me by preaching the gospel. And the most important thing so far that we've seen is that the things of Jesus Christ, the concerns, the interests of Jesus Christ is the faith of the Philippians and the eternal joy of the Philippians and the good of the Philippians, and therefore to seek the interests of the Philippians, not their own, would be to seek the things of Jesus Christ, because that's what he died to provide.